Hi, this is Nikki from Motherhood Unfiltered is going to be okay. You're listening to another podcast episode. If you like the podcast and the episode, please write a review, share with a friend, or leave a comment. You can also visit my website at www.nikkiasherbowling.com or you can visit my YouTube channel. Thank you and enjoy a new episode from Motherhood Unfiltered is going to be okay. This is Nikki from Motherhood Unfiltered. It's going to be okay. And today I have Leanne Stickles on the line with me. And we are going to talk about her chronic illness and how she deals with that on a daily basis for a long time. Plus, she has four teenagers. So I bet her household's a little crazy. And I'm sure she can offer us some great insight. But before I bring her on, I would like to remind everybody to go on to Apple iTunes or Spotify and rate and review the podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. And if you're watching this on YouTube, then please like, comment, and subscribe. If you've already done all of those things because you're awesome, then share it with someone that you care about. So without further ado, here is Leanne. Hi, Leanne. <laughs> thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. I know it's been a while since we last talked, and that was at, right before my break that I took, and I could tell I was getting a little frazzled, so <laughs> I needed I needed to regroup because I had been so busy with being on Podmatch. It just kept me so happen you know and I just love the community there so but tell us a little about yourself and and how you're dealing with your uh, MS and raising your kids right so that's a that's a novel we we could go we could talk about this for a long time Um, I know I will start sharing my journey and you just stop me anytime okay okay we need to dive into that further so here I am, 29, and I have four kids, six and under. And you can picture this house, right? It's so busy. <laughs> I always said that I take calls in the order they're received. Like I can only solve one thing at a time, whether it's yeah. snack, a drink, potty, naps, right? And so you can understand that number one, I dismissed fatigue as an early symptom because. Mm-hmm. Like what moms yeah. are always tired, always tired. Right. So it's like yes. really expected and it's fine. And I just want to tell your listeners that if you're tired, it's OK. It probably is fine. Right. Yeah. But right. just kind of go to this space with me because I'm an eternal optimist. And so I look for reasons why this is happening and not look for and, and like I try and explain things away. Right. Uh-huh. And I think that some of us have a natural tendency to do one or the other, right? Some people go automatically to worst case scenario. And that is not great. 
but it's also not great to be dismissive of right. early signs oh, yeah. going wrong, right? And so yeah. I was in that other camp of just dismissing signs. In fact, in the summer before I was diagnosed, I fell. I got out of bed. I had no legs, hit the ground, like sounds like a giant red flag, rushed to the hospital. Yeah. I did not. I right. was explained it. I was like, oh, there's a toddler in my bed. I was probably sleeping like crooked and like my legs were probably totally asleep. I just explained it away. Right. I fell on a toy. <laughs> right. I mean, for whatever, because in my mind, I just didn't see that as my yeah. future. I, didn't, right. I wasn't expecting a chronic illness. And yeah. so, of course, I wasn't looking for it. In the fall of 2009, my, the numbness in my left hand was driving me crazy. It wasn't going away. It wasn't yeah. just there for a few days. It was there for weeks and weeks and weeks. And oh, yeah. at the time, we had an HMO. When you have an HMO, you have to go to your family doctor to get a referral. And, yeah. and I thought it was annoying, right? Because I'm like, ugh, one more appointment. I just know I need to go see your chiropractor and get like straightened out. I probably have a pinched nerve. Like, because of course I know everything and I have web. <laughs> you, you are a mom. And my family doctor was like, time out. You know, you are 29 years old and we need to check out a few things. Yeah. And Every time I see him, I give him a big hug because I, <laughs> because of him that I got diagnosed early. And mm -hmm. really it was within six weeks of that visit that um, after a physical exam by a neurologist, an MRI, it, it was mm -hmm. very inclusive. And mm -hmm. on October 23rd, Leanne, you have MS and my world fell apart. It really, it sounds dramatic, but when I was in that office, all yeah. I could was a wheelchair. like. I, yeah, in the moment, right? Like I walked yeah. into the office all optimistic, like, oh, I'm fine. Don't take off work. I'm not good, right? Expecting right. them to find something structurally wrong with me on the MRI. Yeah. And so to say you have multiple sclerosis and in your mind, mm -hmm. when you don't know a ton about something, yep. oh my goodness, like I pictured a wheelchair. I thought they were going to wheel me out of the office. You know, yeah, I had, I had a great aunt who had MS. And we went and visited her in a nursing home and she was this crumpled up little ball of a person. And right. she wasn't even able to sit up and talk to us. I mean, right. she was happy we were there, but that's my vision. As when someone said they have MS, I'm like, that's, I'm expecting that to happen. So yeah, I could feel right. what you were thinking that day. <laughs> So I really went into a season of mourning. I was yeah. mourning the future that I had pictured. I was mourning the fact that this was my story. I was mourning yeah. that like my plan and what I was going to do for the next 50 years was going to be different now. Like there was just so many things. And I'm firstborn type A, right? Like, and <laughs> it was, that was a hard season for me. And I yeah. believe I'm genetically optimistic. My grandfather who's gone was just like me. Like it mm. comes easy to us to be positive and mm -hmm. I was in a hard season and I would take care of everybody all day and then I would lay in bed and tears would just come down my face at night and my poor husband yeah. was like is there anything I can do and I'm like I'm just sad like I just don't want to learn about MS I don't want to yeah. drug I don't I don't want to do it yeah you know yeah how dare they say I have this now I have to do something different not what we plan, right? And so, for all the newly diagnosed people out there, people that I work with, people that I meet, I encourage them to pause and allow themselves to be sad. 
Like yeah. this is a big deal and this is hard and it's yep. okay to respect the hard. And yeah. it's almost like, I don't know, it feels kind of honoring to me to be yeah. like, oh my goodness, this stinks and I am not okay. The, yeah. Right? Right. And they will get to the okay part and that's a different length of time for everybody. And, yeah. but that, that, that beginning was hard. And like, yeah. I instantly picture, oh my goodness, I have four little kids. Are we going to need to build a ranch? Like we, I use all three floors of our home. You know, like you instantly go to, I had good advice when I, my mom was on the school board with a lady living well with MS <laughs> and I spoke with her and she was so amazing. She said, Leanne, picture the worst, like worst case scenario, like vision loss, uh, wheelchair, whatever that is. And come yeah. up with, like, what exactly are you going to do? Let's say it happens, right? Like, are you going to uh -huh. build a bridge or can you move yeah. somewhere or what are you going to do? And make a plan and then like put it to rest, put it, send it on the shelf. And so that is the direction I lead people is to like mm -hmm. there and then mm -hmm. be done. Because oh, okay. it's helpful. Yeah, I mean, let's give yourself time to reminisce about it. And okay, that probably worst case scenario. That's not happening today. You know. Exactly. So yeah, I can respect that advice. <laughs> mm -hmm. So here that's the beginning. And then I decided on a drug. So here's what I want to say, and this will probably be the best part is that people that are newly diagnosed, there's a ton of hope. So of all the brain diseases out there, MS has made the most headway. And some of that is has been accidental. Like they've been doing testing on Alzheimer's patients and they trip over something that works for an MS patient, right? Like that's kind of how research works. Right. And so we, our community has been really fortunate in the last couple decades that uh -huh. there are a lot of options and the science... Awesome is really there for slowing down the progression of the disease so that most people my uh -huh. age that are diagnosed are not going to be like your great aunt in that yeah. system. There are as many stories as there are patients. So I always tread lightly, right? Mm -hmm. When I say that. Yeah. Because there are, so I have relapsing remitting MS and it can turn into secondary progressive uh -huh. or you diagnosed with progressive MS. So those are variations and it's okay. mostly based on how aggressive the disease right. is. And relapsing remitting is the most common and the least aggressive. Okay. Well, I was going to ask about that if you have like periods of good times and then I could just uh, almost imagine maybe like poor health, you know, not sticking to a routine and stress triggering those symptoms and causing them to flare up, you know, yes. I mean, because that happens with any kind of illness that people have, you know. Totally. So stress and fatigue, right? They're the two things that we have like a tiny bit of control over yep. tiny bit, and they have a huge impact on us. So yep. that has to be a focus and we have to figure out how to manage fatigue and respect rest and we have to learn how to deal with stress reduce mm -hmm. it all the things like the impact of stress on our bodies is insane and yeah more i've read and researched it's like if you are have a road rage incident okay and the pressure goes that up right used to be me all the time 
Right. So you're like, whatever. And then come home and you tell your family like, oh, my goodness, you can't believe this guy cut me on. Blah, blah, blah. Yep. Your body recognizes it as the same thing. Okay. And so now you reintroduce that stress. Yeah. And so it's even learning little tools like that to sure, maybe in the moment you were upset, but we're not going to revisit it. Like this is not worth retelling because it's bad for us, which is kind of mind boggling. Right. But it's also cool that we can do simple things like that to reduce stress on our system. How many times have you talked to somebody and they will repeat a story like that and you hear them tell like four or five different people, you know, like in an office setting, you know, like Mm -hmm. I got to tell everybody the bad news, right? Oh, for sure. I'm just self-inflicting more pain on my body. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it really is telling. And I think it's cool that, you know, my focus really has been on mental strength. And yeah. how when we learn tools to be stronger up here, we it's yeah. really a way to take care of ourselves. And yeah. I love getting my nails done and going to lunch. And I'm all for that kind of self-care. But uh-huh. the reality is, is that this is with us every day, every minute. And we yeah. have got to develop mental strength Yeah, because hard things will come. This is not, yeah. Me, right? Yeah. Every yeah. single person. And that's that's the reality that I've learned living uh-huh. with a chronic illness is that people may not have a chronic illness, but they have another hard, right? Mm-hmm. Something mm-hmm. else in their life that, that has been hard, that they didn't choose, that yeah. they wish different, you know? So it is very relatable. Mm-hmm. So yes, there will be seasons where your symptoms are really quiet. And that is the relapsing remitting part of ms right so it's like your symptoms will be loud and then they will subside and you'll think oh wow you know this is going really good and then right we come into a season of stress fatigue maybe temperature change depending on how what you're sensitive to any Mm -hmm. number of and now all of a sudden my symptoms are loud again and my hand is more numb and my legs are heavy and i'm so worn out and a nap doesn't fix it right that's what mm-hmm. it looks like. And yeah. in the first year, I thought that every single symptom was a relapse. Okay. Like, oh my goodness, I'm having, like, this is bad. And this, I have a runny nose. I'm relapsing. It's really hard to know, like, to separate. Yeah. You have this, like, long list of things. But, like, I would be doing the same thing. I'm like, I stubbed my toe. I'm relapsing. <laughs> right. Well, in 2017, so that was almost eight years after my diagnosis, I did mm-hmm. actually have a relapse. I developed double vision. And oh, it, wow. within two days of that relapse, I was hospitalized and put on high dose steroids. And that was a sign of my drug failing. And oh, okay. we had to make a choice to go a different route with treatment. Mm-hmm. So that was hard. It wasn't as hard as being diagnosed. Of course, I had put my rose-colored glasses back on after my diagnosis. And I kind of thought like I would be the one lucky patient that the disease did not progress in, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was disappointing to be wrong. And it was hard to go back to the drawing board and make another hard choice because I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but anytime there's a drug listed, there's like 4,000 pages of fine print. (laughs) Yeah. 
Notice that? Yeah. Like, yeah. You could die this way. 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 And you're like, oh my goodness. This, this I know. Like- there was a drug I was on a long time ago and it made my legs shake. So, okay. Well, who cares? Well, when I was driving, it started doing that and I couldn't control it and I almost wrecked. So I like went to the doctor and he's like, well, first of all, is the side effect worse than the what your the the sickness that you're you know dealing with? I was like, oh no, but <laughs> you know. So I mean, those are just things you have to live with and make a decision on. So, but you know, I know people can get used to taking a medication and it's not as effective. Is that the same with MS medicine? That okay? That's what I was thinking. Yeah. And in the science isn't perfect, right? Yeah. So yeah. while it is it is trying to protect what's left of your central nervous system, the immune uh-huh. system can still sneak its way through and yeah. start damage again, right? And right. a lot of unknowns even it, within the autoimmune mm-hmm. whole community. Yeah. Yeah. And so I went on a different treatment and I've been doing really well since that. It, I Look did Graves disease as a side yeah. effect, which that was annoying. And oh I my have God, I've Hashimoto's. So, okay. So, I, this came I, yeah. out this summer. So, that was <laughs> exciting. You know, um, I know it's a small, your thyroid is a small organ that can cause big problems. <laughs> it's itty bitty. <laughs> I'm like, I got to see what this thing looks like. And it's just like a little tiny thing. You know, I'm like, what the heck? Exactly. It causes all kinds of problems. Totally. Yeah. So, so, yeah, the journey health-wise has been fun, right? Yeah. When we talk about being a mom on top of that, I think that the important thing for me has been Uh always communicating with my family. and. That's easy for me because I'm an extrovert. Like, I like to go uh-huh. into the gas station to pay just to talk to people. And, like, that's the level of conversation that I <laughs> want to have. And so I've always talked to my family, right? And yeah. so they can give me space when I need space. And they can pick up yeah. the ball, drop it. And mm-hmm. so, no, I'm fortunate. But I think that conversation is the first place to start. The second thing is, is that moms, I've, I had to have a nap. So... I mean, I just could yeah. not function. And yeah. so, you know, my kids were six and under, so we still had quiet time. Right. And it just became what we did. And right. so my kids really grew up with that kind of accommodation yeah. for me. I can and, hear the moms out there be like, oh, we can still do this. <laughs> I just want to let you know my goal is to help others who have found themselves at their lowest point in their life and provide them the tools it takes to get back up and start living again. I was in this exact same place in 2020. I did not think I had anything to live for anymore, but a 15-minute clarity call helped me realize I needed a change and I could accomplish those things in my life. I want to offer you the same free 15 minute call. So please 
go to my website www.nikkiashrabowling.com forward slash free clarity call to sign up today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. So let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's Everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, it's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think as a mom, there's a lot of us that want to accomplish something during nap time. And Mm -hmm. it took me a second to realize that I was accomplishing something when I rested, when my kids rested, because what I wanted more was to enjoy the evening as a family. And that's what I had to give up. I had to give up getting something done during nap time. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely could agree with that. And there were times when I mean, even when people don't have an illness to deal with, like when my boys would get stressed out and if we took a road trip, I mean, by the time we would get home, they would be at at each other's throat. So we just started doing like 15, 20 minutes of quiet time in our rooms, including the adults. So, (laughs) you know, and that helped so much. You know, they had their own time and they could just de-stress. And and parents and moms need to do that more often. They really do. For sure. For sure. And, you know, I think that looping everyone in and helping them understand, like, this is really how I do feel. And this was a crummy day for me. And I had to have an MRI and I didn't like it. And that's not how I wanted to spend my day. And so I just feel like my kids have grown up and they are so compassionate because of seeing it firsthand right like yeah awareness there that yeah hard to teach people right 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 when you live it you are very aware I like that because there were things that had happened to me and like I had to have a surgery and I waited until they went to their dads for the summer to have the surgery and I never told them about it or anything And so now that they're adults, I've talked about it and they're like, well, why didn't you tell us? You know, they feel like, like they weren't important enough for me to explain it to them. But, and that wasn't my intention at all. I just, you know, didn't want them to worry, you know, about it. But I really didn't give them an opportunity to, you know, talk about it and, you know, ask questions if they had to ask questions or whatever it would be. But so, yeah, I've had to apologize for some of those things because I I didn't want them to think I was discrediting them because I they were like the most important thing, you know, people in my life. Well, you yeah. know, 
And so you, you had good intentions, right? It exactly. wasn't, I mean, you were doing that to help. But now I'm like, well, I could have used that to my advantage. And then like, well, I had the surgery. So can you like clean the house for me while I lay here on the couch with my iced tea and <laughs> watch my love stories? That's when they call grandmas in. It's a, they never actually do it. They just figure out a way to get, oh, grandma, we need that. <laughs> well, those little stingers, they got around that one, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. But I, I want to share another thing that I have loved with my kiddos, and that is that we started a nonprofit. So, uh, and I want to explain a little bit of, because if anybody listening is interested in this and what uh-huh. we've done, reach out to me. Like, okay. I'm not scary. I, I And I am happy to mentor people in this space just for free because yeah. I love it so much. So here's what happened. I believe that if we do good with the bad part of our story, it is healing. Mm-hmm. It helps us a lot, right? Yes. Maybe even starting a podcast it was maybe you went through something that was hard or that yeah. you felt frustrated with. And then you think, you know what, I can do this good. And I yeah. find that a lot of podcast hosts, like they are really yeah. special people that want people to feel less alone and right. they are sharing their story and other people's mm-hmm. stories. And so this, our kids triathlon came out of that. So when, so I would, initially I was just fundraising for the MS Society. So the National MS Society is what it sounds like, right? It's uh-huh. um, big picture help, research, education, awareness, all right. super important. They're Big nationwide, right? Like all the things. Right. And we did events with them and loved it. Uh And we, our fundraising would be like throw it up on Facebook a couple of times. People had big hearts. Oh my goodness, we care so much. Send you a little bit of money, right? And it it was really easy. It wasn't like where you had to bug people, knock on doors, nothing. Yeah. Until I'd had MS for a few years and you've posted that a couple of times and people have given and they're like, Uh already check that off or like you know i just think like they did they helped and it was awesome yeah, it, right and i wasn't gonna bug them every single year you know yeah <laughs> and so the triathlon was born out of wanting to continue to fundraise but not in a way that we were just bugging our same family and friends all the time yeah and so my kids had done an event like this in michigan we loved it and i reached out to that race director and mm-hmm. she mentored me and so we started this eight and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. We're going to nine. And it's a kids triathlon. It's for kids ages six to 15. And cool. raised over $100,000 for patients. Wow. That is our number one mission is to raise money. But our yeah. secondary mission is to inspire kids to love fitness. Yeah. Because I'm an academic, not an athlete. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But when you are diagnosed with an illness that could take away your mobility, all of a sudden movement mattered. Yeah. Yes. It became part of my story. Sidekick goosebumps. <laughs> well, because you have to think about that. You know, you're like thinking of being in a wheelchair. And so, yeah, I mean, even though you've always exercised your brain, I just love that you guys, that you did that. And it's for kids because I was thinking, Okay, so I'm a mom. I can't move. So me and the kids are going to sit in the house, you know, and this is a great opportunity to get them out of the house, you know, even though. Yeah, I love that. 
And, you know, really our thought and my passion is to inspire kids to love fitness because when you come to a race, it's exciting. Everybody's worked hard. There's all these volunteers. You get free race stuff like a shirt and a medal. It's all this whole energy, right? And you get to and scream. And it's like the whole real deal. We have a podium. Professional pictures are done. It's just so much fun. And these yeah. kids come year after year after year. They try and beat their time, beat their friends. And it has just been so powerful for our family mm-hmm. yeah. because it was a space for my kids to volunteer. I mean, of yes. course, they participated too, but they yeah. would help for it. And they would see this whole world of charitable giving and what does Aww. it mean to And so anyways, it is like a part-time job for me for part of the year. Yeah. But I always say, as long as I raise more than I can write a check for, it's worth it. Oh, for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love that. I really, I had that on my list to ask you. So, I mean, you must have been reading my mind or you've done this before. <laughs> well, I, sometimes I get to the end of a conversation and I'm like, oh, the triathlon, we have to talk about that. And because we're in a motherhood space, I yeah. think so because there's other people out there that are like me. and they're staying home with their kiddos or maybe they yeah. have a little bit of flex time in their schedule. Mm-hmm. They want to do good. And I think there's a lot of room for events like this mm-hmm. that are like a little bit more unique than just a 5K. Yeah. Love love people that do 5Ks. No, yeah. right? On the yeah. organizers, on the runners. It's awesome. Yeah. But <laughs> to find something for kids, right? And there's no experience necessary. They can show up with a bike <laughs> and a helmet and they can do our event. Yeah. It's exciting. I know. And most kids have enough energy to to make it, you know. (laughs) It really is. I I call it like my fifth kid, the triathlon, because I just, I love it so much. And it's funny, when we started it, I said, we're going to at least do this for the next 10 years, because the first one was brutal. Just (laughs) curve, like all the pieces to the puzzle. It was just like, oh my gosh, just you've gone to an event. Or even yeah. participated in an event does not mean that you are ready to be the host. Like, <laughs> I know. Let me just like word of caution. Please reach out to me. Send me an email. We will set up a time to go on Zoom, and I will give you the fresh I even have a spreadsheet that I share with people of yeah um, to get done, like a checklist. I that's so funny because I was president of our music boosters. For a long time. And at first it was atrocious. Right? And they want me to get, they want me to get up there and talk to people. And I'm just like all over the place, you know, <laughs> but it, after, you know, it just takes practice and we're doing it over and over. And like you said, I ended up having like a list, you know, that I would check off to make sure that I hadn't forgotten something because when I don't know what I'm going to say, then I start sticking my foot in my mouth and talking about things I had no business mentioning. (laughs) Like Benjamin Franklin or something. Somebody said that if I had more time, I would have written a shorter letter. (laughs) Yeah. And so like the time that we invest makes what we produce better and more to the point. Yes. Yes. The triathlon has been really healthy space for our family. Mm And it has brought people into our lives that Mm -hmm. has been really beautiful. And then 
to be able to donate the funds to help patients. So the yeah. National Endocrine Society gets some of the, that money. And then in central mm-hmm. Illinois, which is where I live, mm-hmm. we have a council that helps local patients. And so oh. part of the funds go there. So it is literally paying for co-pays, MRIs. Oh, remodels. yeah. Like, it's really, really cool to know that you're having yeah. your having an impact like that. I love that. So thinking about that. So recently, I just had a, a gene site test done. I don't know if you've ever heard of those. It's like a DNA test. And they just check to see if the medication you take is actually working or is compatible with your with your makeup. And so is that something that they do for, you know, someone with a chronic illness? Do they like do a DNA test to make sure that what you're taking is actually working as best as it can? So I haven't had one done and I've never had one requested. I would love to start asking people in my audience if they yeah. have chosen to go that route to learn that. Now, I know this this was like for people who take medication for like anxiety, depression. But I would have to think they would have something out there for other, you know, illnesses, too. So mm-hmm. I was just curious to know if you'd had heard about anything like that being offered. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I haven't yes, really yes. heard about it in our space. Okay. And what is happening every year for me is a yearly MRI. Yeah. And that shows whether or not there's new activity in my brain and cervical spine, mm-hmm. like neck portion. Uh-huh. And the other thing is that the treatment that I went on in 2018 was more uh-huh. aggressive. And so I have had monthly labs done for five years. Oh, wow. Okay. That's like not super fun. But it's um, right. It is what caught the Graves disease early. Yeah. yeah. And I'm really thankful for that. Yeah. It took away like months of like not understanding why do I feel this way? Right. Again. They, yeah. And could start because I still didn't feel good for quite a few months because right. even though you find it, you know, you go to endocrinology and it takes a while to get yeah. you figured out. And yeah. At least I didn't have to wait like, I don't feel good. Oh, I'm not sure I should check in. And then yeah. start the journey, right? Like you would have doubled the amount of time it took to right. get kind of feeling back to yourself. Yeah. I What they discovered on mine, because I kept telling my doctor, I'm like, I am so tired all the time. And I just assumed it was, you know, my thyroid. And he's like, well, your numbers are fine. Like, what are you talking about? You know, mm-hmm. I'm tired. So what happened was when we got the results back, one of my medications was not working the best that it could do. So they, and it, they offered a different one. And so, so we ended up switching to that one and they found out, it said that I was folic acid deficient. And so I started taking a supplement and I feel like a brand new person. (laughs) But that's it. That's awesome. I know. I haven't been tired or fatigued. You know, I, we did catch some kind of a flu over the winter. But other than that, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, I had been up. I mean, I work from home. But walking from my upstairs office to my living room, I was like, I got to sit down. I'm so tired. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I right. couldn't believe it. I have, yeah. more, I have more energy. I love it. I just... So now whenever I get to talk to anybody with who's 
sickness or whatever, I'm like, have you heard about this test? You know, and they just swab your cheek. And then like a week later, they send you an update and it's amazing. Yeah, that's a really review. I'm glad that you shared that because I am always looking for because there really is a lot of new stuff coming all the time. And it is really great. And like brain and I think the gut biome. Like, are the two places that are, like, yes. uncharted? They haven't figured yes. it all out. Like, yes, surgery, they have figured out. You know, yeah. like, in the 70s, it was a 50% mortality rate, and today it's, like, 2%. So, yeah. like, they really figured that space out structurally. Right, um, right. But brain, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, ALS, yep. MS, you know, some of those, there's still a lot to be learned mm-hmm. about how to prevent, how to fix mm-hmm repair right mm-hmm. prevent, all the things and the gut biome i don't even want to talk about that because i really do not understand it at all but i do know that it matters and it's probably oh, you mean like healthy gut all the bacteria yeah. and i've been reading about it and so i'm i'm hoping to learn well, i took a cl- i took a class at iu east and they talked about the gut health and how you've got these little fingers and it blocks out the bad stuff well when you're eating bad foods after when you keep doing that it breaks all that down and then that's where all the bad digestive stuff comes from Mm -hmm. so you just have to stop eating the bad stuff right you know and (laughs) which is so hard because I feel like they put crack in it to make you addicted to it. <laughs> they do. Yeah. And and we have access to it, right? And it's easy. And it's in our yeah. lifestyle. So and we don't necessarily feel like it's that bad. And it tastes delicious. I mean we don't eat the whole thing or whatever. <laughs> justification, you know? I know. So and on another point of it, since we're talking about being a mother, so of course, I would be stressing out about one of my kids getting MS or developing it later on. So I'm sure you've had those conversations with the doctor. So what do they do? I mean, do they have any kind of test that they can do to see if, you know, one of the kids might be later on or how does that work? So the answer really is that they don't really have that test yet. I think we'll see it in our lifetime, probably. Yeah, They can yeah. start testing for likelihoods or environmental factors that we yeah. will know more about. But I will say that it really is not a genetic disease. Okay. You find people that are related, right? Uh-huh. That both have MS. And that's probably more because of environments that they both live oh, in. Oh, yeah. Okay. More than the fact that they have similar genes. Um, okay. So well, that's good to know then. It was yeah. probably a trigger. Like maybe I got crop dusted or something. And that made my that crop dusted. Right. Like, who knows? I mean, you you could guess for a hundred years. There's Leanne. We got a crop duster. <laughs> but like, who knows? Like whatever chemical or whatever was in your own environment. Right. Like, right. Sunlight. I don't know. Like, literally, there's a million theories. Yeah. Why your immune system decided to change its mind and work against you. Right. 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 Which is, I could definitely see my kids be like having one of the symptoms and be like, oh, I got MS like my mom. And then try, because they try to be comedians, you know, and (laughs) I'm like, you ain't got that. 
quit. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if your kids are jokesters like that, but mine are. They, <laughs> no, they are. They blame all their bad stuff on me. You know, anything bad that happens is mom's fault because I was the main mom's one that raised them. <laughs> so somebody has to be to blame, right? We don't ever want to like own any of our issues. I well, I, I mean, I guess I blame my mom too for a lot of stuff. So, but uh, anyway, I I need to quit using her as an example because she listens to my podcast. And <laughs> she she's not going to say, quit blaming me for all your problems. No kidding. No kidding. Hello, everybody. This is Nikki from Motherhood Unfiltered. It's going to be okay. And today I have Leanne Stickles on the line with me. And we are going to talk about her chronic illness and how she deals with that on a daily basis for a long time. Plus, she has four teenagers. So I bet her household's a little crazy. And I'm sure she can offer us some great insight. But before I bring her on, I would like to remind everybody to go on to Apple iTunes or Spotify and rate and review the podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. And if you're watching this on YouTube, then please like, comment, and subscribe. If you've already done all of those things because you're awesome, then share with someone that you care about. So without further ado, here is Leanne. Hi, Leanne. <laughs> if you enjoyed my show, Motherhood Unfiltered, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And be sure to come back next week for another episode of Motherhood Unfiltered. Until then, this is Nikki the host of Motherhood Unfiltered, and don't forget, it's going to be okay.